Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. Job chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 say, Then one day, when the sons of God came to present themselves before Jehovah, Satan also came among them to present himself before Jehovah. And Jehovah said to Satan, Where have you come from? And Satan answered Jehovah and said, From roving the earth and going about in it. And Jehovah said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? For there is none like him on the earth, a perfect and upright man, who fears God and turns away from evil. And he still holds fast his integrity, though you have moved me against him to destroy him without cause. This is Matt Miller with Bob Danker for our third life study of Job. Bob, it's really good to have you back to join me for this program. It's a pleasure to be here, Matt. This book of Job, I believe, has been a real mystery to all those who have read it for centuries. And it's a wonderful thing to have the opportunity to explore this book from the standpoint of God's New Testament economy, to look at this book, this Old Testament book, perhaps the oldest of all the Old Testament books, from the perspective of the New Testament. It's really an amazing story, Bob. I was reading again from the very beginning uh, last night, and I just think a lot of people are really confused by this story. And I think before we go to chapter two today, it'd be good if we can give our listeners some background before we get into the life study with Witness Lee. Well, uh, Matt, as we read this book in its very beginning, we realize Job is an extraordinary person. He was perfect and upright. He feared God, and he turned away from evil. This was his attainment on the human side, on Job's side. In addition, God had blessed him with great material prosperity. So Job was a wealthy man, and he had a large family with seven sons and three daughters, What a happy situation Job was in. Uh, No doubt Job was quite pleased with himself and with his attainments and his material possessions, what God had done to bless him outwardly. However, God was very concerned for Job. I like this term, lovingly concerned. God was concerned in his love for Job because Job's attainments on the human level did not come up to the standard of what God desires for man to gain and to attain. So, although Job was perfect, upright, God-fearing on the human level, this did not satisfy God. And although Job had material wealth, this was not according to God's heart desire. So, God was concerned for his seeking one, for his loving one, Job. So he he held a council. This is in the first chapter. The first council held in this book between God and his angels, and Satan was present. And God spoke something concerning Job. He said, Satan, look at my servant Job, how he's perfect, upright, 
He fears me, and he turns away from evil. And Satan said, Well, is it not without cause that he does these things? Implying that Job was this way because God had blessed him. Then Satan challenged God. He said, Stretch forth your hand against him. He will curse you to your face. And God's response was quite wonderful. He said to Satan, he said, Okay, I put all that he has into your hand. Your hand, Satan. I put it in your hand. That's important because Satan was saying, stretch out your hand. Right. And God's response is, I put him into your hand. Right. So God gave, in a sense, God gave Job with his possessions into the hand of God's enemy and man's enemy so that Satan could do something for God to fulfill God's loving purpose concerning Job. This is the mystery in this book. Why did God ordain such suffering for a man who was perfect, upright, feared God, and turned away from evil? A perfect person, a man of highest integrity. So Satan, of course, went forth, we know the story, and in one day Job lost nearly all his material wealth, and he lost all his sons and daughters. What a tremendous devastation that was. Uh, I don't know how I would feel if that happened to me in one day or even in many days. What a loss. But Job maintained his integrity. He did not curse God as Satan said he would. So here was a man, perfect, upright, fearing God, turning away from evil, and keeping his integrity in the face of a tremendous loss, which was permitted by God, but not caused by God. It was caused by Satan, the enemy of God. So, again, as we open up chapter 2 of this book, we see another counsel held in heaven between God and his angels and Satan being present. So, God was even more concerned for Job, and he Again, he used Satan to do something to accomplish his heart desire concerning Job. Well, Bob, we've got a really good life study today. I hope our listeners stay with us. I think this will be enlightening. And as Chris Wilde said the other day, the life study of Job is perhaps one of the most striking life studies in all of the entire Bible that Witness Lee covers. It's shocking. It's surprising. And it's enlightening. I hope our listeners will stay with us. Let's go to Witness Lee now for... The third life study of Job, given originally by Witness Lee on December 24th, 1992. Again, a council held in heaven concerning Job. In the concern of God, Job is very, very important. To get such a person, fearing God, turning away from evil, it's not... uh, an easy thing. Yet, what Job attained was altogether vanity. It didn't fulfill God's purpose. It didn't satisfy God's desire. So, God was so lovingly concerned for Job to hold two councils in heavens. God told Satan, Behold, he is in your hand. Only spare his life. The Bible shows us that after God judges Satan, 
God still allowed him to be free to accuse, attack, damage, and martyr even his saints that God may use him to a certain extent for the fulfillment of uh, God's particular purpose. In this way, God always restricts him in the limit of his permission. Now, Satan attacking Jew and Jew suffering in his body to lose the cattle, the house, the children, those damages were sufferings to Jew. That's true. But now, the most painful thing is the boils on his body, day and night. What we can see is uh, just the scene on this earth. But behind the scene on the earth, there was a scene in heaven. What happened on the earth began from the heavens. The earth was not the origin of the sufferings, but the heavens. And this scene is very instructive and unveiling. Do you have some problem that that step was planned by God? God planned that way to hold a council once, twice, and to check with Satan twice. God planned this way. Bob, witness Lee asked the question here at the end. Do you have some problem that that step was planned by God? I think that many of our listeners, if they were honest, they would have to admit that they do have a problem that God planned for such a man like Job to suffer so much. So we better stop right here in the program and take a little minute to talk about this plan of God before we go on. Well, Matt, we have to make it very clear that God loves man to the uttermost and would never do anything purposely to destroy humanity. But God has his purpose in creating man. God's purpose in creating man is not that man would achieve a high standard of human morality and live a God-fearing life. God's plan in creating man was that man would be a vessel to receive God himself and be filled with God himself so that man would express God's divine attributes in his human virtues. Man is a vessel to be filled with God. So here in this book, although Job had such a high human attainment, he had one problem, and that is he was not full of God. So God was lovingly concerned for Job that Job was in such a condition and that Job was contented in that condition. So God purposely held these two councils in the heavens and even allowed Satan to attend because God had a definite purpose to use Satan to cause or to inflict some kind of suffering on Job. For what purpose? Just so that Job would suffer? No, so that Job would realize that he was lacking, he was short of God as his content. 
and he would be ushered into a deeper seeking after God. This is God's purpose always in allowing his lovers to suffer, that they would realize that they need more of him and that they need to seek him in a more desperate and in a deeper way. You know, Bob, in chapter 1, it says that when the servants came to Job and described all the calamities that were coming, one of them said in verse 16 of chapter 1, the fire of God has fallen from heaven and burned up the sheep. And I just wanted to point out, you know, that was the servant's concept, that the fire was from God. But it really wasn't from God. God would not have done that. It was from Satan. And I think verse 7 in chapter 2 helps make that clear when it says, Satan went forth from Jehovah's presence and struck Job with severe boils. Satan was the one doing the striking. Satan was the one causing the damage, not God. And God was using Satan as a instrument to carry out his will and his loving desire toward Job. That's a good lead into our next section with Witness Lee. Let's go back and we'll see uh, as Witness Lee talks about how God uses Satan to carry out his purpose. Here's Witness Lee. What God did on Job was a kind of a consuming and also a kind of stripping of the contented Job before that day of the first attacks of Satan. Job was a person of contentment. He was fully contented, satisfied of his attainments in everything. But such a contentment should be robbed. And God did it. God took away all his cattle, house, children, and eventually God took away his own health. And that involves him not to be so perfect. This step is to usher Job into a deeper seeking. See, Job was in the realm of his gain of the material things and ethical attainments and so forth, but nothing of God. So God ushered him into another realm that he may gain God. Instead of God's blessings and his attainments in his perfection and integrity. This all together in another realm. Satan was an instrument used by God, but an ugly one, dirty one, to uh, accomplish a kind of commission which was altogether dishonorable. What Satan did was for God to accomplish his glorious transformation on Job. And that was also for Job to experience the mysterious transactions in his relationship with the mysterious God. So that was a glorious thing, also a mysterious thing. Bob, I really like these two points that Witness Lee brought up. The first one, that God used Satan as an ugly tool 
to accomplish his glorious transformation of Job. And then secondly, that Job had an experience of the mysterious transaction in his relationship with the mysterious God. I think that's a good description. What would you like to develop in, in all this here? Well, I like the word mysterious also, Matt, because obviously God is mysterious, and God's purpose and his plan are a great mystery. As human beings, we are often contented if we have God's material blessing on our human life, and if we have a certain amount of human attainment of perfection and uprightness and integrity. We're quite happy and contented with ourselves. But as Witness Lee pointed out in this portion of his speaking, God's desire was to usher Job into another realm, a realm that Job had little knowledge about. But God had to use Satan as an ugly tool to strip Job of all his material success and his attainments in human ethics and morality, so that Job could be brought into another realm. What is that realm? The realm of gaining God, the realm of having God constituted into our being, so that we can become the expression of God, not the expression of human integrity and perfectness and uprightness. This is God's purpose and God's plan. But this was something that was not revealed to men at the time of Job. But still, at that time, God was concerned for Job. So he gives us this wonderful picture of how he uses Satan as an ugly tool to do something to take away sometimes the outward material things and even to cause us to appear to be morally and ethically bankrupt, so that we will realize that God's purpose is not in that realm, but it's in another realm, the realm of gaining God as our everything, so that we can be his expression. God used Satan in this regard, but you notice both times he limited Satan. He set a boundary on what Satan was allowed to do to Job. This is exactly the way God operates in our lives. He may allow his enemy to do something to cause us to suffer some amount of pain, but he always restricts him and will not give him a free reign. This shows us that God is operating behind the scenes. He has a purpose, a loving purpose concerning us, but he needs this ugly tool who is Satan himself so that he can carry out this purpose. You know, Bob, some of our listeners right now may be experiencing the stripping from this ugly tool, Satan, and misunderstand God's heart. God has a loving heart in the midst of it all, and the goal is that Christ could be more real to us, and yet we get confused and we miss it. There's no reason for us to miss it because we're not in the time of Job. We're in the time of the New Testament where the things are clear. And again, that's a good lead-in to our final portion with Witness Lee where we're going to turn to the New Testament revelation Here's Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. God is mysterious. God's purpose is mysterious. But today, we have the New Testament in our hand, especially the writings by the apostle who completed the divine revelation. That's Paul. We have his writings. If we would be humble before God 
Nothing can we know. Nothing can we understand. Nothing can we have got it. Nothing in this way. But just empty yourself. Admitting that you have nothing. You know nothing. If you would be so humble, poor in your spirit, empty yourself, then if you come to Paul's writings, 1st Corinthians, 2nd Corinthians, then Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, even to Timothy's, to all these books, you could see some clear word and the divine revelations so explicit, so clear, right? and so complete, and so impressive. Who can deny this? So you cannot say there's no way to know the mysterious purpose and the mysterious heart desire of God. You cannot say this because it is written and printed and opened and interpreted to you. We have the New Testament in our hand. In the view of the New Testament, we come to Job. It is very clear that God's purpose to deal with his holy people is that his holy people would be emptied of everything but to receive him as the very content of their whole life. Bob, why don't we review this matter of being emptied of everything, this purpose of God from the view of the New Testament, especially in the writings of Paul? Yes, uh, Matt. Our real problem is that we're too full. We're not empty, and there's no room in us for God and for the revelation of God's purpose. When we read the Bible, we think we understand and we think we know everything. So, we have no way to receive further revelation from God or to be ushered into the realm of the mystery of God's economy. And when we have our relationship with God, we're too full of human things to receive God himself and to allow God to fill us with himself. So God needs to do something to help us to be emptied out so that we have more room for him and for the real knowledge that comes through his word, especially the New Testament, concerning God's mysterious purpose. God's mysterious purpose is that we would be emptied of everything and that we would receive and gain God as the very content of our entire being and all of our living. This is God's mysterious purpose. It's revealed clearly in the New Testament, but we may not see it if we are self-contented, if we're content with what we know, thinking that we need no further knowledge or revelation from God. No, we have to be emptied out. We need to be poor in spirit so that when we read the Word of God, God can easily show us the mysterious heart desire that He has concerning us. And that was the Lord's Word Himself when He began His ministry in Matthew 5, verse 3, when He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. I think that's the first requirement. We have to be emptied out to receive this divine revelation. So I think today, as you're listening, if you find yourself 
preoccupied with the material things, with even material blessings, and you're in a situation where you're in that kind of a realm, we hope that today's program will be an enlightenment to you and even an encouragement to even turn your heart to the Lord and say, Lord, have mercy on me that I could be emptied out and be poor in spirit. Amen. Bob, thanks for coming in for this program today. It's been really an enjoyable one. It's been good to be with you, Matt. And thank you also. If you'd like to get a copy of the printed materials that go along with this Life Study on the radio, you can call us at 1-888-543-3788, or you can write to Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, or just send an email to radio at lsm.org. Bob, before we sign off, I just want to say, we're going to take some time next week to get into these Life Studies from the New Testament that Witness Lee referred to, to supplement Job, to kind of unveil this mystery and make it known through some of the highlighted programs related to God's economy in the New Testament. So we hope that our listeners would stay with us for Job, and in the midst of that, stay with us for some highlights from the Revelation through the epistles of the Apostle Paul. On behalf of Bob Danker, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for listening today. Millions of Christians have been strengthened in their faith through the ministry of Watchman Nee. In a recent release by Living Stream Ministry entitled The Overcoming Life, Watchman Nee sounds a call to the believers to pursue the normal Christian life that is hidden with God in Christ. The Overcoming Life is filled with truth, reverberates with hope, and brings the reader to renewed consecration. The Overcoming Life by Watchman Nee from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere.